And welcome to Locust Street Studio, episode number six of the Hudson Havoc podcast. John Wecken is my name, joined as always by general manager and head coach of the Hudson Havoc, Mr. Brett Wall. Brett, welcome to the podcast. John, thanks for having me back as always. Coming off the Midwest Showcase, we're going to go back and review uh, four four big games up there. Fogarty Arena, nice nice uh, arena up there in in Blaine, and uh, a lot of teams came in. A lot of good hockey was played. Before we go back on each individual game, what was your overall impressions, thoughts of the showcase as a whole? Uh, first off, I've I've got to tip my hat to the guys over at the Minnesota Moose that uh, kind of orchestrated and put together the Midwest Showcase this year. Unbelievable job. Um, we go to three showcases a year, and for me, to be honest with you, it's probably one of my favorite ones. One, the location is nice as far as opportunity for scouts to come watch, but just the amenities and the treatment are truly second to none. Um, when the boys show up there, they've got these player passes and cards. They've got all kinds of programs and stuff going on. Um, they've got food ready for the guys Like uh, as far as you know, just things before the game and after. Uh, the scout room is phenomenal. It's just very, very comfortable and easy to come in there and prepare for a hockey game and know that you've got an opportunity to truly come and showcase your players at a showcase. You had mentioned uh, in our previous podcast, did they have the bar and restaurant open? I know that's one of your favorite hangouts. and I know they've got to do some remodeling and some So they, they did not. I was hoping that Sticks and Stones, uh, there you go. the restaurant bar that's attached to um, – uh, the rink there. It's also what it's got the, the little curling lanes. I don't know if that's like yeah, what is do. it called a curling rink, curling lanes. I, I don't next next door there. Yep, yep. I, don't, I don't know the exact terminology of what they call it, but the the little curling area over there, which is really cool. You can sit there and watch, and um, mm-hmm. honestly, the best finger food I've I've ever had. I I can't say enough good things about it. But yeah, it wasn't open, so I was a little devastated. It's the one low of the weekend. Now all the all the Midwest West Division teams participated in this. In addition to that, a team came in from Denver. Yeah, the Pueblo Bulls came in from the Mountain District there and um, had the opportunity to play them on, I believe it was Friday morning. And going to be honest with you, utterly impressed. I, I told a handful of guys here. I think they may have been one of the best coach teams we played um, in my five years here. They they played a really pro style. They stretched the ice really well. Had a really good power play set up. Um, so for us, a game, you know, 51 minutes, that's not 60 to showcase a little shortened, um, 51 minutes of hockey. We had to play really, really good. And I thought we did a really good job coming out and really kind of getting the ball rolling. So your opening game was against the Steel County Blades. Steel County had knocked you off at Steel County back on the 16th of October. So, so this was a rematch. It was a, a noon game on Thursday to kind of walk us through that process. You had to get out of here on, on Thursday and, and, uh, taking on the Blades. Yeah, we, uh, again, another slow and sluggish start against Steel County. And, you know, when I look back at it, we're going into game five in the season at that point. Um, You know, we come out and we were really kind of slow and and wasn't very pleased with kind of our overall effort and intensity that we brought um, by the third period. I think the third period of the Steel County game really kind of set us in a different direction. I think it's kind of set the momentum and the tone for the rest of the season. I think, you, you know, when you're kind of waiting for those things to click or for the guys to get it, um, we were able to score, I think it was like three goals there in the third period, ended up getting up, got a little bit of penalty trouble, battled back, um, ended up losing a game in overtime. I think with like two seconds left on a, a you know, an error that nine times out of 10, a guy's not going to make. Um, it was what it was and we kind of moved on. And uh, again, another opportunity where we fought and scratched and clawed and got a point in the, this tough Midwest West division. Um, so anytime you go games pointless, uh, you know, it's not a good thing. Anytime you're able to find a way to get points. Um, regardless if that's a tire, you know, win, shootout, loss, overtime loss, whatever it may be, um, even though it stings a little bit, those points, you know, eventually are going to come back and compile and help you one day later down the road. Now, you, how did this game differ from the game you played in Owatonna two weeks earlier? Uh, for me, very similar game. They came out hot, prepared, ready to go. We came out kind of dragging our feet a little bit and kind of skating in mud. Um, got the guys going. We found a way to battle back in the third period and really kind of took control, dominated majority of overtime, and then unfortunately just the simple error and mistake that, like I said, nine times out of ten will never happen um, ended up in the back of our net. But just, just a young mistake that we can clean up, no problem there. Um, but again, another game you walk away from feeling like, you know what, we really were in one. We had an opportunity to win, um, and we can compete against any team in this division any night. Who were who some of the, the players that really uh, stuck out? On that on that first Thursday showcase game, uh, for me, uh, the the guy sitting here to my left, uh, Robbie Pastalka, otherwise known as Bobby Schmurda, um, he had a, he had a big game, got his first uh, junior A goal there, um, and the next day we had a few more guys get their first junior A goal, but just an opportunity to kind of really um, crack open the floodgates with the scoring and kind of get rolling. I thought after that offensively he was you know really high end and contributing and just kind of got the ball rolling for him 
and kind of that monkey off his back. And, you know, two goals there in the third period we were really happy with and gave us a chance to kind of compete again. Um, and then played some huge minutes in overtime where I thought we had a few opportunities that could have been in the back of the net, just didn't quite go our way up. So when when the game was done, you returned back to Hudson, and, yep. and then you had to go back up again early in the morning on Friday. Yeah, we uh, we had an early morning game, and it was one of those things where I just kind of told the guys, like, at the end of the day when you're an adult and, you know, you go you have a job, like, there's some things that you got to do that you don't want to do. And I just kind of, you know, call it a spade a spade. Does anyone want to play at 8.30 in the morning? Right. No, that, that, that sucks. Right. I don't think anyone was enjoying or excited to go to the rink. Like, were we happy to play a game? Absolutely. But if you told me it was 8.30 in the morning, I'd be like, oh, okay. Um, still would be happy. But it was one of those things where we had an opportunity to kind of build character in any time, any place with that kind of HUD Vegas mindset and attitude. And um, very, very impressed with the guy's uh, response and the attitude towards, like, we're here. Let's do this together. Let's do things the right way. And we're going to find a way to win and beat a really, really strong Pueblo team that morning. And I told you I was very impressed with it. Before the show, we were kind of talking, the three of us. Um, and I said, for me, like, I, I truly do think probably one of the better teams I've played in my last five years. What, what, what particular things impressed you about the way they played? You said they played more of a pro style. Yeah, they stretched the ice really well. Um, when they come back, they're looking to move the puck up ice. They got three guys that are ready to go and transition very, very quickly. They want to trade a little bit of offensive opportunities and rush. They'll give up a little bit defensively to know that they can kind of uh, get a little bit of a shootout going. Um, their size, they got a lot of good size there. They move the puck really well out of the back end from their neutral zone. Um, forward to continue with their line rushes and their power play was, was very, very impressive. Well, so coming off that tough loss less than 24 hours earlier, it must have been incredibly satisfying to take on this good team at a very early time in the morning and come out with a W. Yeah, well, I mean, like I told you just previously about the Steel County game, I think that third period we kind of really found who we are and our identity and kind of our niche um, as far as what we want to play like every night. Like, what is what is the havoc like? like? What are we as a team? I think we kind of really found our identity of hardworking, um, being a team that is constantly kind of pressing, but at the same time, too, continuously forechecking. Um, so for us, you know, it was something that we did a really good job of really taking care of 200 feet and bought in. And I thought literally after that third period in Steel County, it carried over throughout the, the rest of the weekend. Did you, were you able to then, you know, kind of get to know the coaching staff? Obviously, uh, this is a team you don't play normally during the regular season. They came in from a long way. Were you able to make some connections and just, uh, yeah, that's part of the showcase experience as well as getting to know these other coaches. Yeah, we had the opportunity to meet with them a little bit. Um, at the same time too, uh, I mean, you know how competitive I am to say that I'd be sitting here and was being best friends with the other team's coach would be a lie. Um, I think Dean would tell you that too. Uh, he was one of those guys who's always intense with the other team's coach. But um, it was kind of neat to kind of see those guys meet them, obviously see their players, kind of see what the um, district out there looks like in the Mountain District right. um, in that division. And kind of like, you know what, I think we can compete out there. But at the same time too, I think they can compete very well in the Midwest-West. So, so you pull out the, the one goal win. Who are some of the standouts of that second game? Uh, for me, the penalty kill was massive. I think you got guys like Elijah O'Neill, Logan Milhausen, um, Cooper Anderson, Harvey Dove. Then you got guys like Eisenstark, Potts, Taylor Graff, just kind of really holding things down on the penalty kill. I'm um, getting a little bit of penalty trouble and kind of tightened things up. But I think what was kind of cool and um, something we can't kind of uh, turn light way away from, but we need to make sure he gets an opportunity to be seen. Uh, Matthew Powell uh, started a net and got his first win in junior A hockey, which I thought was awesome. And you know we, we can talk about it later here when Robbie's on air, but. Uh, there was a opportunity with about 45 seconds left where they beat one of our guys wide and kind of went in alone. And Matt made a huge save, covered the rebound. We got things we want to face off. And eventually we were able to kind of eat the puck the last few seconds there. But um, did an unbelievable job of kind of stepping up and making sure that we give Kenny Charlie a chance to rest and breathe. And but at the same time, too, for us to continue to move forward as a team and get a victory. Would you categorize that win as, as one of your best performances up to that point of this season? Uh, I. Yes and no. I mean, it, it's hard to say. We've played so few games, but I mean, at the same time, too, like a, a win against the Moose is big. Um, you know, obviously being in a close game with the Ox, we felt could have gone our way is big. Uh, the, the two overtime or the one overtime and one shootout opportunity with right. Steel County, like we, we were kind of in games. So for us to say it's, it's been, you know, the biggest or the best, I'd say, you know, as far as the season for me, I think that third period in Steel County is what's kind of been the difference and the highlight maker for me. Um, moving forward in these next three games, I thought you know if after that our next nine periods were really really good. So th this is a, another challenging situation, and this is just how the uh, the showcases go. You actually have a second game on Friday. You, you didn't play on Saturday, and lo and behold, uh, one of the top teams in the divisions you haven't played yet, Wisconsin Rapids River Kings, bring us uh, to that second game on Friday. Uh, a game that we knew was going to be big. I think a game that we knew we kind of had circled. Again, we knew a little bit about Pueblo. We've seen them on film and whatnot, but we weren't really certain. 
Um, so a game that I was kind of making sure that didn't get overlooked first was the Pueblo game. I was glad we got away from that. And, you know, I think what we kind of did from there is just continued rolling with the confidence. I thought that third period in Steel County, the three against Pueblo, and it kind of carried into the River Kings series there, that, that game, um, and did a really good job for three periods. A game that was back and forth. Like, I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, honestly, me as a coach, it was probably one of the better hockey games I've seen. Um, in my last five years, I mean, it was back and forth, zero, zero hockey game, a lot of opportunities on both ends. Uh, guys were competing smart and hard. Like for me, it was physical and, you know, extremely tough, but it wasn't reckless or stupid or anything like that. There was no nonsense. So for me, I really kind of appreciated the effort from both teams. And I was just sitting there thinking, I even told you guys before the, um, podcast got rolling here on air. You know, I caught myself watching the game a few times. Like, oh, my, a, oh, my, oh my goodness. Like I've got to coach this game. Yeah. Um, just because there was a lot of good hockey and it was back and forth and guys were working hard and um, gosh, there's a lot of puck shut down in the neutral zone with guys back checking hard and collapsing on guys and wanting to turn the puck getting going the other way. So it was a lot of fun to watch, but also too as a coach, fun to be a part of. And um, you know, again, I, I got texts from multiple people saying that maybe one of the best you know junior hockey games they've watched of the year so far. So that was pretty cool. So that's three games in you know a, a day and a half. Was there any fatigue factor in, in that in that second game for Friday? Um, no, I don't, I don't think so at all. I, I think the way that, uh, you know, strength and conditioning coach Brent Jamison prepares these guys on a day in and day out basis, um, with his strength and conditioning and program that he does. And then the work that we put on on the ice, I think guys are ready to go and prepared. If anything, I think it gives us a leg up, uh, more than anything, to be honest with you. River Kings were very successful last year. You, you, you're going to see them multiple times. Yep. And, uh, what did you see from them that was a carryover from, from last year's successful team and, What's different this season? Uh, they're a little bit older um, as far as regards to us and just kind of you know overall team makeup. They've got a little bit older team. Um, I think the things that, as far as last year that make them stand out, they still got a really good decor that can move the puck. You can't give them too much time and space. Um, goaltending was solid. And at the end of the day, they're built just like we are. They've got uh, 12 forwards and 6D that can contribute. And you know, no one is there along for the free ride. What, uh, what strategy maybe would you do differently when you're going to see them next time uh honestly i i don't know what i would change up i mean i i would play the game the same way we played it like there was no errors it was a zero zero hockey game right um there was one kind of error that we made in overtime that was just kind of young mistake that i think we clean up and is this kind of basic hockey knowledge that we've kind of learned and grasped when you kind of make sure we're beating away at but like for me like there's not a whole lot i would change like maybe finding one of the pucks to go in the back of the net somehow right, right. but i mean i thought our effort was high we had a lot of opportunities guys were going the energy on the bench was fun um i, I don't know it was a night that i really really enjoyed and you know i was happy to play um you know against the river kings in a game where you can have two teams competing like that um it's only good for the guys as far as exposure and then a night where you're playing friday night and a showcase a big opportunity for guys to be seen well, and you know another thing too is that once again, just like the, the the blades, you didn't get the W, but you got the point. Yeah, we did. We did get a point, and for us, I always tell guys like these are championship points. Um, so find a way to walk out of there with one. Uh, obviously, we would like to have two. Uh, at the end of the day, like we lost the game in overtime, I can't kind of fit or fault about any uh, the things that we did. There was one mistake we can clean up in overtime, which is three on three hockey, which you very very rarely see. Um, so we kind of got back to work this week. We emphasized some three-on-three -three hockey a little bit, but we're hoping we don't find ourselves in too many more situations where we're uh, going to overtime. We'd like to just finish it in that uh, that 60-minute period. So Saturday, Saturday, you catch a rest, you catch a break, you know, three games in two days. How did you spend Saturday? Uh, so for me, I actually went and golfed in the morning with some of the hockey association board with the, some of the hockey association board members, um, and then after that, got home early afternoon and kind of started putting my head down as far as game planning, work, getting lineups set up with the coaching staff kind of talking about who we were going to play, who was going to be in, who was going to be out, how we're going to use certain guys in certain situations, and just kind of put it all together as a staff. And then I had a handful of guys I know just kind of um, did a few odds and ends things. I know some guys went out and golf, some guys kind of hung out, some guys have jobs, so they worked a little bit extra. So I think everyone just kind of recovered and repaired in their own way. Which sets you up really for what the 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 game that I was anticipating uh, the the most just as a fan was that rematch against the Blue Ox coming off that loss on on Sunday the twenty fourth at Hudson you were able to uh, take the rematch and uh, and defeated them five three yeah um, very happy with our work ethic uh, there for me I kept saying that that fourth game is going to kind of be one of those things where. You just got to go out there and you've got to play and you've got to compete. And it's going to be whatever dog wants to keep running their legs the longest. 
Um, I kind of compare it to one point. If you're sitting there treading water, who's going to be the one that wants to, you know, tread the longest and fight the hardest, and the one that's going to be willing to do that will be the one successful. And I thought we did that for the, you know, puck drop to that final buzzer there, and did a really, really good job of coming away and being successful. So just, again, looking back at the Midwest Showcase, and you talked about this earlier. You scouts there, a lot of players got seen by a lot of a lot of different people, which is, you know, this is the first of three showcases. Yep. So as you walked away, you know, and, and closed things down with that victory over the blocks, looking back, who who were some of the players that had a really good showcase and what uh, what were some of the highlights of the showcase for you, for you personally? Uh, I, I think just the 10 periods we strung together there, our last 10 periods were really good. Like, they didn't feel like we missed a beat. It felt like every game we kind of picked up with where we were at. I really liked some of the line combinations. We switched some lines up and got some line combination with some chemistry that I think is working right now. Um, but at the same time, just the overall team effort. Like, when you got that many games and that many days, like, everyone's got to be playing. Everyone's got to be pulling their weight. Um, no one was kind of along, just kind of hitchhiking and just kind of saying, hey, we'll see how things go. We had everyone kind of pulling their weight. Um, uh, some highlights for me. Uh, obviously, you got Robbie Pistolka getting his first junior goal. You've got Harut Tarosian getting his first goal. Um, my boy Tyler Sampson, the slammer, uh, got his first Gino and a big opportunity to kind of get us rolling there um, against Pueblo. And then obviously Matt Powell getting his first victory there in net um, are, are huge things that, you know, at the end of the day are those, you know, the highlights of the tournament. I don't want to say yes or no, but things that definitely deserve some spotlight and recognition. So uh, hats off to everybody in the Moose and the staff up at Fogarty Arena for putting on a good showcase. I mean, everyone, and then obviously all the teams and organizations in our division, you got to thank Pueblo for coming out from Colorado. Amazing to have them here. Um, would compete against them any day. Unbelievable coaching staff, really good team. Had a lot of fun competing against them, and you know, hopefully a team maybe we run into later in the future uh, in Boston in March. <laughs> the young man sitting to your right is uh, a gentleman by the name of Robert Postalka. Yep, and we're going to have him next on on our next uh, portion, and he's going to be our heads Hudson Havoc player profile. Tell us a little bit about him as we bring him on next. Uh, big power forward from uh, Chicago area, uh, a guy that uh, has got to a lot of really good coaching in the past. Uh, people that I trust and, and know have guided him in the right direction. Um, so a guy that we've loved having here in Hudson has been a fantastic addition to not only the team. Um, on the ice, but also off the ice has been a, a pleasant surprise in the community. I think uh, someone that a lot of people have embraced and really enjoyed being here so far. All right, we look forward to hearing from him. That's going to uh, conclude the first segment here of the Hudson Havoc podcast. We're going to have you back to talk about the upcoming game against the Rum River Mallards, but uh, we're going to step aside here from our sponsors. We'll have the Hudson Havoc player profile. You're listening to the Havoc podcast from Locust Street Studio. Friday, November 5th at 7 p.m., the Hudson Havoc are back home at Gornick Arena taking on the Rum River Mallards in a USPHL West Division matchup. Tickets are $10 at the door. Kids under 10 get in free. The Hop and Barrel Warming House is open during all Havoc home games. So come out to Gornick Arena this coming Friday, November 5th at 7 p.m. and cheer on your Hudson Havoc. And we are back with more of the Hudson Havoc podcast, episode six from Locust Street Studio. We are now to our player profile section, and we are pleased to be joined in studio by Robert Postolka. He is known as Bobby at the rink, and he's Robbie at home, home being Homer Glen, Illinois. And uh, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're going to go back to where it all started, okay? Your earliest hockey memory, if you could think back, I know it's quite a few years ago, what is your earliest hockey memory? So I would say my earliest hockey memory was when I was about seven years old. Um, Christmas morning, waking up to a brand new wooden hockey stick. Um, yeah, um, just fell in love with the game right after that. Um, my dad would take me on the ice and slowly fell in love with the game. Did, did, did your dad play hockey? Um, he never played hockey. Um, he was a, you know, a, huge fan of it he was born in Poland um, wasn't given the opportunity to play but um, yeah kind of so what happened to your sisters was your dad waiting for you to come along to be I, the one I, who finally plays I, I think so that's that's pretty funny um yeah I know I'm they you never put him in hockey he just kind of I guess waited for me that's too awesome I yeah. love it yeah so growing up in Chicago were you a Blackhawks fan I was a big Blackhawks fan yes who were some of the Blackhawks players that, from your youth, that really stood out were an influence to you? Um, you know what? Definitely Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, Duncan Keith. Those were the, the all-stars. Patrick Sharp, stuff like that. Um, 
and then uh, recently, like Antti Panarin, Artemi Panarin, excuse me, uh, was a. So, so you got the fundamental skills down as you went up the ranks, Mike Squirts, Bantams. Uh, who are some of the coaches that, that looking back, say, you know, this, this, this person taught me this, and this is where I learned this. Who, who are some of those, those key influences during those growing up uh, youth hockey years? So I started off playing with the Chicago Hawks and Darian. Um, my first coach, Colby Sa um, excuse me, <laughs> Saginac, um, Rocky Saginac, excuse me. Um, was a great mentor. He showed me a lot about the game. He made me um, really start enjoying it. Um, he would take us to like Canada and all these great trips in Nashville, and it's kind of where ex like exposed he exposed uh, exposed us to you know great hockey memories and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Um, then later, Dennis Vasky with the Fury. He was a um, great guy, great coach. So um, taught me a lot about the game and. Um, made me really start loving it. So D Denny is actually where I kind of heard of you the first time. Um, Denny's one of our owners with the Chicago Fury, and uh, his coach Robbie Pryor, he's like, well, we've got a great kid here. And then when I saw that you played for Fox Motors, uh, my, my previous player from Fox Motors happens to be my favorite player I've ever coached of all time. Uh, I apologize to the guys that are still here, but B Ben Lamb was my guy uh, from day one that kind of got me through. And um, one thing I love about the Fox Motors program, it comes with Tim Christian. Uh, I was very fortunate to play for Tim Christian at Lake Superior State, and when I was able to call him and ask about you, he's like, great kid, great kid. And and for me, and you know the high-pitched Timmy C voice too. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. But for him to say that and kind of give the you know the seal of approval for me, I know it's like I've got two people that I trust you know more than life itself. Give me a, you know an example of hair like this this guy does exactly what you need and will, and you've definitely done that. So, yeah, you come with a great uh, pedigree of coaching in your background for sure. Yeah, thank you. So, so playing in Illinois, that's the high school is is different than Wisconsin or Minnesota, where where you know you don't have the the quality of teams, number of teams, and the playoffs, and, and really the visibility, especially Minnesota. So, in place of of playing high school hockey, what what did you play during that time period? Uh double A, triple A, and then um, juniors. Now, yeah. when did do you can you go back and think of a moment? at what age or, or whenever it was that said, you know, I really like this sport and I think I want to continue to play it and I want to pursue it. Yeah, I would say about 14 years old. Um, it's where it kind of hit me where like, wow, I could really I could really do something with the sport and, and move on and, you know, play college hockey, which was always a dream. But it started off when I was about 14 years old. That's when I really started um, getting better. Is there any games that during that time period that you can say, boy, I, I, I really had a, a, a tremendous game at a certain tournament or, 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 or something that you, after the game you really felt, hey, I'm, this, things are starting to click for me playing this sport? Right. Um, actually, it was a little earlier. It was when I was in AA that we did like a silver stick tournament. And um, they always had like an MVP of the tournament. And I remember winning it. And it was huge. It was awesome. Was that in Port Huron? It was in Port Huron, yes. That was a huge tournament. John, the Silver Stick International Tournament is like the prize pony of youth hockey. It, oh, yeah. MVP, in, huh? In Illinois. Oh, yeah. In Illinois. MVP. No, 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 no. In the U.S., in the Canada. US. Yeah, so it's it's in Port Huron, Michigan, which is a border town. Okay, um, sure. And teams from U.S. and Canada play, and it's a big ordeal. Like, I remember as a kid, like, they, they bring all your uh, – they bring all the teams on the ice, and mm -hmm. they do the whole light show and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's – MVP, I'm utterly impressed. Yeah. You gotta get that on your DB. Yeah, right. Or prospects, yeah, I, I whatever agree. you guys are looking at these days. For sure. So, so, so you had a a big game in a, in a high profile stage then. Oh uh, yeah, um, uh, actually it was the whole showcase. They kind of put it all together and I won it. So, yeah, I had, had a solid um solid showcase weekend. So when the AAA uh, season and career was done, what was kind of the thought process of where do I go from here? Um, you know, I was, I was kind of confused. I went to a couple camps and, and I would say it, it went well. I got more exposure and stuff, but it just didn't work out with that. Um, exactly. But, um, I feel like I found a good home. So what was your introduction or what was, how was the relationship with the gentleman to your less, to, to your right, excuse me, with head coach Brett Wall? Um, I was introduced, uh, um, by Dennis Vasky, the owner. Um, he was my head coach. He yep. introduced me to Brett Wall, um, and he gave me a call, and it was, it was a great talk. I think we talked for like two hours, and yep. And I told my parents about it right away, and I was like, um, 
Hudson is a great place, and I need to be there. Now, your father uh, didn't get a chance to play hockey. Uh, was was your mother also involved? I mean, it's obviously a big life decision mm-hmm. at that age of, of what you're of what you're going to do. What role did your parents play in the in the decision making? You know what they they just want to make you just want to make sure that I'm happy and that I'm in a in a good safe place. So um, our call with Brett was was huge. It was a FaceTime and and he made them feel comfortable um, for me to stay there and play there. And they gave they have a lot of trust in him as well as I did. So I think it just worked out very well. And now, was this your first when you came up to Hudson, Wisconsin, for the first time? Was was this your first time in this community? Um, in this community, yes, I've I've been um, Minneapolis several times to play, mm-hmm. but um, Hudson it was the first time. What did you think of this community when you first got here? Oh my, it's it's great. Everyone knows each other. Um, beautiful town, awesome restaurants. The rink is awesome. Our first game was crazy. So many fans I've never played in, you know. An environment like that. Well, that's and that's going to go into my next question here. So you know, it's it's the big lead up to the to to the season finally getting underway. You open up on the road, but then the next game you come back home. You're playing at Gornick Arena with a, with a team that's had some very good success in recent years. Take us back to that moment when you hit the ice in the first home opener for the Havoc this season. You know, it was actually a little nerve wracking. Um, coaches hyping it up, and it exceeded that. It was unreal. Um, Coming out of the the tunnel, you just mm-hmm. see. I saw my parents and my billet family, and all these these kids just pounding on the glass, and it was great. It just got the blood blood moving. And yeah, first dance in Hot Vegas. Hot Vegas, you. that's right. Did it validate the decision that hey, I made the right decision and came to the right place for the right reasons? Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. How uh, who some of the teammates? You know, we're we're about uh, what six weeks in, roughly maybe maybe a little yes. more than that. Who are some of the teammates that have really stood out it that you've developed a relationship with and 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 really learned from so far? You know what, everyone's great. Um, I love all the teammates. Um, I've personally known uh, PJ Noonan. Um, we played together in past okay in cat past couple years, but um, Luke Gaffney. He's uh he's close, he's uh real close to my um home and um home, he's near Homer Glen so, um we built a good relationship here. He's a he's a funny guy and and a yeah a good friend. Well, in, in addition to playing playing junior hockey and developing your skills and, and probably preparing yourself to go on to the next level, one of the aspects of playing junior hockey is is your billet family, where, who you're actually living with here in the community while the season's going on. Tell us a little bit about your billet family. So I'm with the the Cook family, Jackie, Bill, Chloe, Brody, and Willow, and they're they're awesome. I can um, I'm blessed to be with them. They do so much for me, and and they're just just so great. I'm thankful to be with them. As being a young guy away from home, you know you're 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 quite a ways away from home. Uh, I assume you have contact with with mom and dad on on a pretty on a pretty regular basis. Oh, and are they able to get up here and, and take some games in then? Oh, of course, my dad is up here almost every weekend. Actually, he um, yeah, he's he's a great guy. They're uh, they're great. They're actually coming to Boston, and um, for the showcase. Correct. Yeah, they love Boston. Um, I love Boston. So, yeah, they're excited. Well, Coach Coach Wall, you, you talked a little bit um, leading up to this segment about your expectations um, for for Robbie. What what have you seen in his development so far this season? Uh, ju- just the commitment to every day putting in the work. I think when we first got here, we were um, we we knew we were good. I mean, and, and you're a heck of a player. I think you know that. Um, but just some little things we had to kind of clean up in his game. And when you take a player of his caliber, and you got to say, hey. I've got to humble you. Like you, you've got to learn these things. Like you got to learn the D zone a little bit. You got to be a little bit stronger on the walls. You got to move your feet a little bit more times. Um, and for a guy that keeps coming back and wanting more and wanting more and wanting more and wanting to continuously learn, um, is extremely encouraging. And then obviously, you know, when you put a guy that wants to be coachable with that kind of skill set, um, for me, the expectation is through the roof. I don't know where the ceiling is for this guy. I really don't. Um, a guy that is kind of scratching that surface and a bubble guy as far as that next level. Um, obviously, this weekend we started talking to a few schools. We'll kind of keep that in between us as far as the schools mm-hmm. we've been talking to. Um, but a guy that on a regular basis, whenever I'm talking to colleges or universities, they're wondering what his expectations are for the next season. Is he wanting to come to school? Is he looking for juniors? You know, what's going on? What's he thinking? Um, and then kind of laying out the, what their expectations are, what they think, and where they see him kind of projected and going. So um, a guy that's doing everything the right way and kind of continuously work hard. 
Um, a guy in his rookie year right now, you got eight games played with 11 points, two goals, nine assists. Finally got your first goal. I was wondering if you're going to get assists all year. Um, but a guy that's truly found the back of the net and has been an offensive contributor with us. And anytime he's on the ice, like you know he's uh, going to be a guy you got to watch as opposing coach. Now, what is part of your, in addition to practice, what are you doing on a personal level from, from whether it's watching film, specific workouts to, to better yourselves and, and increase that chance to go to the next level? So, you know what, practicing every day takes a toll on you. So I've definitely been stretching and, and doing yoga every day, um, eating, cor eating correctly, you know, uh, specific diets and stuff like that, protein shakes every day. Is there any specific college, you know, if, if, you, if, you, if you could just throw a couple names out there ultimately that you would be interested in going to, if you, if you can get there, what, were some of those, what would some of those places be? You know what, a dream has always been the Big Ten. Um, as a D1 standpoint. Okay. Um, but, you know, I love the East Coast as well, so I could, I could definitely go over there, whether it's, you know, Boston, playing over there, Boston U. And you're going to get a chance to go to, in the showcase oh, yeah. here in um, both Chicago and Boston here in, in, the, in the next two months. So um, as you look forward to, you know, we got a, a lot of season to go here. Um, you got rivalries with, You've been part of the rivalries now. You you know some of these teams and some of these names: the Blue Ox, the River Kings. Mm -hmm. You know, when when you get into these rivalry games, what is your mindset going in? We're gonna win. That's that's kind of what's going in my head. I I just want to win. We need to win. Um, these games, they bring the best of us, and it's so fun. But at, and on the other side, we we just need to win. What 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 would it mean to bring home a West Division? championship for the Hudson. They came close last year. Right. What, what, what would it mean to, to, to bring that home? This it means year? everything. It, it's just so fun winning here. It, winning in Hud Vegas is, is the best. And taking it home would be even better. So looking back to Homer Glen, Illinois, uh, if you were back there, and we're, we're going to bring Coach in on this one. This is kind of a, a thing we do in this segment. If you were back home, and I'll throw it to you, Brett, where, where would you be going for, like, pizza, for example? Yeah, we're in Chicago. What kind of pizza are we getting? You know what? Um, <laughs> if we go to the city, it's different. But at home, I just stick to stick to like a Nancy's, like a deep dish Nancy's. Yeah, I do right love a, Nancy's. It's across the street, so not too far, and it's it's good pizza. So I might be showing my age here, but the Chicago Mission, when I was growing up, was sponsored by Nancy's Pizza. That's right. This is before Coyote and whatever other sponsor has been in there in between. Uh, but it was Nancy's. Love it. So if we're downtown, where are we going? I'm going Gino's East if we're downtown. Um, you know what? I'm going to Giordano's. Oh, okay. okay. Respect. Yeah, solid. The original if, one, though. If me, you, and Gaff are trying to get in 18 holes, where are we going? It's Cog Hill. Cog Hill. <laughs> Not a big deal. Easy name drop. Not a big deal. Dub's course. It's the three of us. Who? What are we finishing at and in what order? Um... I'll probably be first. I, um, all right, coach. Coach at um, coach is first at uh, say uh, plus thirty. Um, plus thirty. Okay, dubs tried. Dubs tried. You're no longer on the power play. I'm next at the at a plus sixty, and Gaff is just it's it's just for fun. <laughs> so so in your time in Hudson, and if you wanted to get something good to eat, whatever cuisine that may be. In your in your short time here, where would you go? You know, I really like Pier Five Hundred. Pier okay. Five Hundred, solid. Um, okay. The sub house, though, I've been going there um, almost every other day. It's Downtown, very solid. You've been using your players' card. I've been using my players' card. Yes, I love it's been it. Saving me a lot. <laughs> well, Robbie, thank you for joining us and letting us learn more about you as as a person and as a player. And we wish you the best of luck this season. And we're we're glad to have you here in town as, as a member of the Hudson Havoc. Thank you for having me. We'll be back with more of the Hudson Havoc podcast from Locust Street Studio in a moment. Friday, November 5th at 7 p.m., the Hudson Havoc are back home at Gornick Arena taking on the Rum River Mallards in a USPHL West Division matchup. Tickets are $10 at the door. Kids under 10 get in free. The Hop and Barrel Warming House is open during all Havoc home games. So come out to Gornick Arena this coming Friday, November 5th at 7 p.m. and cheer on your Hudson Havoc.
And we are back with more of the Hudson Havoc podcast from Locust Street Studio. Got a call-in guest and uh, a little, a little, little different guest. A guy that plays a very important role for the Hudson Havoc, and that's Scott Sturgeon, who has has the title of Director of Scouting for the Hudson Havoc. And Scott, uh, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it, John and Coach Wall. It's good to hear from you. And Scott, what if you were to sum up some of your uh, responsibilities for the Hudson Havoc? What uh, what what would you do o- over the course of of a week or or a month during the season? Uh, during the season, um, I'm I'm always scouting players uh, for the future, even the present. Um, I actually continue to look at schools that I have connections with because I used to coach in USPHL uh, prior to, and then. Um, a lot of times I, I, I watch the games and, and I and I kind of respond back to Coach Wall about what I've seen and he could take that from, from there. So how long have you been involved in junior hockey, uh, you know, going going back to when, when you first started? Junior hockey, I coached junior hockey for two years with the Ironwood Dupers. Okay. And um, prior to that, I did tripway hockey. Then I, I kind of got out of it because I had uh, two daughters. It just takes a lot of time. Everything that Coach Wall does is, is tremendous. Uh, the, the timing, I've been there. I've done that. I, I understand everything he puts forth for the program. So I, I got out of coaching, and, and I sat there. And, and then luckily enough, I got a call from Coach Wall and asked me about scouting and then turned into director of scouting and um, kind of back in the in the game that I love again. Well, Scott, w- where did you do your 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 playing? I played through high school only um, back in 1991. Okay, um, we were we were going back at uh, we had Desert Storm, uh, the Gulf War. I mean, and then I decided that uh, it's been the family tradition. We've always answered the bell, and and I joined the Navy. <laughs> and so, uh, did you? You graduated in '91, and, and what high school was that from then? Lakeland High School in Monaco, Wisconsin. Aha! Uh-huh. Well, I'm 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 from Hayward, so I'm I'm familiar with uh, with with them over there. What are some of the memories from your from your high school playing days? Well, we didn't have a high school team until my junior year, okay. and we played outdoors. Okay. And uh, you know, I it, it was it was fun. It was cold. Um, matter of fact, we had to rent ice early in the year in Eagle River, which we would get up at two thirty in the morning so we could hit the ice at four. <laughs> and uh, those were long days, but it was fun playing for my high school up until then. I played midget hockey in UP. What uh, what really intrigued you? You know, going all the way back to your to your younger days about about the sport of hockey. What what got you interested in it? Uh, my dad worked for this gentleman, Jim Anderson, and. Um, I, I, my dad goes, Jim said, Hey, we got to bring your boy to a hockey game. And I remember watching the game. I was living in Wakefield, Michigan. And just from the moment that I, I got into the rink and watched the warmups and watched the game, I remember coming home. My mom's like, okay, well, well how'd it go? And I'd pretend like I was skating, which I had no idea how to do. And I'd pretend like I was skating in the, in the, in the kitchen. I'm like, Mom, Dad, can I please play? Can I please play? And a week later, I was on skates playing, and and just the love and the passion. Within two weeks, I could skate, and I just love love the game. More to the present day, what are some of the qualities? And and, and obviously, you're you're in constant contact with with Coach Wall. But what are some of the qualities that you're looking for in a player that potentially could come here and play for the Havoc? Uh, first and foremost, I think Coach Wall are on the same page. Uh, I think character. Character is very important uh, uh, to both of us. So, obviously, you want to you want to have an individual that can come and going to bring that good character to the team and then down the road have that character to fit into society. Um, we look at grades, which, once again, is even part of character. You know, you can't have the grades – uh, to play, if you don't have the grades to play NCAA hockey, then it's hard for us to move on because ultimately that's really the ultimate goal. So, so you're, you're really looking at big picture stuff in addition to specific skills in terms of a hockey player, and and really that speaks to what what the Hudson Havoc, what what Coach Wall and, and the staff has really built here in Hudson. Yeah, um, I'm more of an offensive minded um, individual. Um, 
it's funny, Coach Walt, he could be he'll tell you he's happy to win a game one nothing. And I'll I'll be the first to tell you I'm happy to win a game six to four. Okay. <laughs> so the the kind of the mix together, you know, I'm hoping that kind of creates a, a group that, you know, with the scoring and his defensive coaching ability, um I, I see good things happening. So as as being a, a a scout, obviously you're 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 an observer, but you're also really involved in networking. What what, what are some of the networking things you do as a scout to to get you in front of the uh, the players that that you need to be in front of and try to get them over here to Hudson? I I focus a lot on the Wisconsin um, players myself and the UP. I think it's an area that has great hockey, has great hockey tradition. And I think it's kind of a forgotten area. So I, I try to go to those games and, and see those ones that maybe there's a lot of players in the past that I've seen that just doesn't think there's a future after high school, but there is. And if you go and apply the ability and work with a great coach and, and a great program like Hudson, you have an opportunity to do great things and, and play NCAA hockey. You know, being being from Hayward, I am familiar with some of those northern Wisconsin schools. And 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 years ago, the Eagle, the Eagle, the team out of Eagle River had some had some very good uh, very good players and very good teams. In addition to Superior, you know, Ashland, Hayward, kind of in that. Is that kind of your scouting area, more or less? Yes, and, and I'm willing to go all across. Uh, we do do the Triple A tournaments in the summer to okay. to kind of see the players. Um, Hayward. Hayward has some great hockey players that's coming up in the future here, and, and it's it's fun to watch what's happening there. Yeah, and being from there, we, we had some very, very good teams there, and, and I could potentially see, you know, some of those candidates, Hudson, you know, Hayward coming here and playing in, playing in Hudson. I'll turn this over to uh, to Coach Wallen. Co- Coach, how, how did you – how did you uh, – meet up with with scott how, how did how did this relationship start so we've obviously coached against each other and kind of kind of know each other and you know I, for me i was looking to kind of take my program in a different direction with our, our scouting staff and kind of our front office as far as away from just me as a head coach and a gm um and, and for me i knew i wanted to start winning recruiting battles in different areas of the country but i also needed a guy that has been there and been a head coach he's recruited he's organized and I thought to myself, you know, what better opportunity than for him to kind of be our director of scouting? Um, our philosophies are a little bit different as far as, you know, you know gameplay and, and system and structure. But I think at the same time, we are an extension of each other when it comes to personality, character, skill set, like what guys need to bring to a team. Um, I think we have a very, very good idea with that. And for me, he's a guy that's kind of pushed me and helped me grow a little bit. And, um, you know, I've been very, very grateful to have him. And I think our program's success is obviously, you know, due to the work that he put in all summer long and kind of helped make sure that we got the guys that we needed and brought the right pieces here to Hudson. Um, but I can truly say 110% an extension of myself and a guy that um, at the end of the day, I, I don't know how he works as hard as he works and does what he does. Um, it seems like he never sleeps. He's got a phone number for me to call, an email for me to send, um, someone that he found somewhere, someone he knows a guy, um, and just does an unbelievable job. And for me, someone that I always enjoy being able to talk to and kind of connect with um, as the season goes along. And truly, in the summer, we have a ton of fun putting this thing together. Well, and Scott, I suppose is one of the one of the uh, challenges of scouting is to, in essence, find that diamond in the rough and uh, and and get him over here to Hudson. Yes, and 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 we have. So many in northern Wisconsin, like I said, and, and even going up into the UP, that just doesn't think that there's a future out there, and, and there is. Um, it doesn't matter if you even end up playing ACHA hockey. It's it's another opportunity to continue playing a game that you love and uh, team building. It's, it's unbelievable. And it must be, make you in, incredibly proud. I know, Brett, one of the features of our of our podcast has been these players that play in Hudson and have gone on gone on to the next level. You talk about, well, we're looking for kids of character, kids with the grades and, and you know, the big picture and you, where you're really molding, molding young men. And so that must be incredibly satisfying to to see this players have success at Hudson and then go on to the next level and, and have success there as well. Absolutely. That was one of the things that also drew me when Coach Wall asked me was, you know, the ability to move players on and, and like I said earlier, have, have success in college, uh, be a success in society. Uh, every time you go by the hallway there, you can see all the, all the uh, pictures that Coach Wall has on the wall of players, the past players that have the success. Um, and a lot of that is, is because of, of Hudson. Well, Scott, obviously, what you're, he's created. 
and you're following the team. We're, we're, we're early on. We're early on in the season. And what are some of your hopes and expectations for the players for this season on the, for the Hudson Havoc? Well, first, first and foremost, you know, you got to understand there's 17 rookies okay. on that team. And, uh, you know, we came out, we got a big win off the moose. I think mm-hmm. the adrenaline of playing your first uh, um, junior hockey game, a lot of those guys answered to the bell. But then you then you got to get to the process and you got to learn what Coach Wall and the staff is teaching him. So I can see that now we're finally, you know, we lost a couple games by one goal. Um, and we lost many of most of them in, in overtime. So you can see it's just a couple mistakes here and there. The process where they're thinking, they're thinking through the process, and now they're at the point where we can just play because the process. We we know exactly what we got to do, and we can react. And I see big things happening. I, we're we're only going to get better. Well, and 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 we we do a, this this weekly podcast here, and you, and you've you've really set the 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 standard high here in Hudson with, with success, went to the national championship and then COVID hit and last year were successful, just, just fell short. But do you think that, you know, the, 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 the talent, the talent that is there and the talent you're, you're continually looking for is going to keep this Havoc team, this Havoc program on, on the top level? Absolutely. Um, and, and it goes down to the coaching staff, the GM, which is, is Coach Wall, Everybody that's involved, uh, we put it high standards. Uh, you come here, you work hard, and good things are going to happen. Well, Scott, we're going to turn it over to, to Coach here as we, as we close this down. But thank you for all the work you do for, for the Hudson Havoc. And, you know, scouting is such a huge part of, 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 of this league and, 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 and this team. So, so thank you for your service. And, Coach, you want to have a few words as we uh, close this down? Yeah, just third, just obviously want, we want to thank you for everything that you do for us and, and the continued work you do throughout the season for not only our organization, but the guys that are here in Hudson. Um, I don't know if guys always know, that, but a lot of opportunities and doors get open for them because of the work that you're doing behind the scenes. And you're not always here in Hudson in the forefront and in the spotlight, but know that you're not forgotten at all. Um, you're a guy that w- without your work and the effort that you put in, I'm definitely not where I'm at um, as a coach, but also to our program and our players don't have the success that we have and able to continuously do that year in and year out. And you're a huge key to that. So I just want to say thank you. Well, thank you for having me. And, and, you know, when you get out of coaching for uh, two, three years, I, I was four years old when I got into hockey and I've always been part of a team. So for coach wall to invite me back and I've been out of a, a team, I've been coaching for three, four years now. And to be able to be back in that team atmosphere is, is very special to me. And, and, and I look forward to the continuous work and wh- whatever we got to do to have success this season and help these players move on. Well, Scott, thank you for spending time with us. That was Scott Sturgeon, Director of Scouting here for the Hudson Havoc. We're going to close this down, come back with the last segment here of Episode 6 for the Hudson Havoc Podcast from Locust Street Studio. We'll be back in a moment. Friday, November 5th at 7 p.m., the Hudson Havoc are back home at Gornick Arena taking on the Rum River Mallards in a USPHL West Division matchup. Tickets are $10 at the door. Kids under 10 get in free. The Hop and Barrel Warming House is open during all Havoc home games. So come out to Gornick Arena this coming Friday, November 5th at 7 p.m. and cheer on your Hudson Havoc. And we're back at Locust Street Studio for more of the Hudson Havoc Podcast, Episode 6. GM and head coach Brett Wall is here to talk about the upcoming Friday night game against the Rum River Mallards, back to regular season play, back at Gornick Arena, and coming off uh, a successful Midwest showcase, the Rum River Mallards coming to town on Friday. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Um, obviously, another opportunity for the guys to play at home in, in Hud Vegas, and we love being at home, and we love the crowd support and the fans that are there. Obviously, Hot and Barrel Warming House will be there getting the fans ready to go and ready to cheer on the Havoc. So we really look forward to being there in front of our fans again on Friday. Well, this Gornick Arena, and I've been over there helping out with the with, with the broadcast and that. And I think all of your work in the community with your visibility and your branding and stuff is starting to pay off where, where you're getting community interest and in, in getting fans in there to take in these Havoc games. Yeah, I think that uh, a few more people now have kind of seen our guys, know who they are, know what's going on. And, you know, eventually there's kind of like an invested community interest. You, you know who these players are as mm-hmm. people. 
and not just players. So it makes it a little bit more fun when you go to the games. You're a little more intrigued, a little more invested. You know who these people are. You know what they ordered at the restaurant. You know what their sandwich is. Um, you know they've said hello to you. You know where they're from, their story, et cetera. Uh, I think the community is starting to grasp that, and really you can see, again, again our attendance and fan support is and just truly incredible and probably the best in the league. The Rum River Mailers hail, hail from Isanti, and they're, they're towards the bottom of the division, but certainly not a team that you want to look past. That's one thing that, you know, as a coach, it always frightens me in the, in the Midwest-West division and us being a team that's kind of continuously towards the top of the standings is you can't overlook anyone, and that's one of the things with us having a young team we got to make sure that we emphasize over and over again is that there's going to be no easy nights in the Midwest-West division. you got to make sure you're ready to go on every night. You know, it really means for something. You find yourself losing games very quickly. Coming off four games in four days in the Midwest Showcase, what are some of the things you worked on, focused on in practice this week? Uh, we did a little three-on-three play. Obviously, losing two games in overtime and three-on-three was something we wanted to clean and tighten up. Um, but I think just making sure that guys' bodies were right for this week, making sure that they got into C1, they got their lift in, um, any kind of bumps and bruises they were seeing and taken care of, and making sure that everyone's healthy rolling in for a three-game weekend. Well, and it, coming in to, a, to another Hudson Havoc home game, and as as we get into the season, now we're going to start seeing more regular games and things. you got the two showcases coming up. But I want to just talk about the great uh, – sponsors you have and your game day staff that does such a great job in welcoming fans uh, coming in to watch the game. Uh, I appreciate you bringing light to that. Yeah, we, we've got an unbelievable group of sponsors that support us between our Wolfpack uh, sponsorships, Red sponsorships, and then community sponsorships as well. Um, there's there's so many, it's hard for me to name, and obviously the game day staff does a fantastic job making sure that all those businesses are recognized, but also too, the the fan experience is also top-notch and, and you know truly second to none. And Again, I truly think that at the end of the day, the people behind the scenes don't get enough love and credit and respect, but without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we were doing um, as a coaching staff, but also, too, for our players. And we've talked about this, and this has been going to be an ongoing conversation all throughout our podcast. We can't talk enough about the billet families we have here in this community and what an important role they play to this organization. Truly incredible. Um, uh, it's a perfect example and situation of a community that just provides and supports us continuously. Uh, very fortunate to get a, in a new player. Um, we will, you'll hear me more about him. You'll see him in the lineup this weekend. Um, but we had a new player brought in. It was kind of instantly and very, very quickly. Uh, within 24 hours, we had a host family ready for him, ready to go with an unbelievable setup, unbelievable family, um, and really great space for him to kind of rest and recover to know that he can recharge and come back to the rink and be successful while he chases his dream. Well, as, as we get past back into regular season play, playing playing at Gornick Arena, how do you think the team mentally, uh, mentally, physically, you know, we talk you talk about being prepared and, and all that going into this Friday night game? I feel really good. Um, I, th I think our last 10 periods of hockey have been really encouraging and really strong. We keep getting better and better. Uh, I just want guys to make sure we're continuing to grow off that. I always talk about like when we're growing as a team I almost want us to plateau more than kind of being on a slope when you're on a slope you can slide up but you can also slide down um, you know we've set the bar now high to where we're, we got a new standard but we've also got to now understand that's that's our new uh, you know floor and the new ceiling is much much higher and we got to keep climbing every day so just getting guys to accept that and then really buy into it and I think we have and I'm really looking forward to the weekends of games. Well, Coach Wall, we are all looking forward to to another Hudson Havoc home game, and we, we we're going to continue to talk about these two showcases coming up in addition to division play and the always tough West Division. So a lot of great things going on, and the, the future is bright and looking forward as a fan uh, to continued games for the Hudson Havoc here. Well, we look forward to continuously playing. We look forward to the crowd support. Obviously, we've got to thank all our sponsors, all our billets, everyone behind the scenes with our staff and game day. Um, we wouldn't be here without you guys. and just want to say thank you guys for the continued support. That's going to wrap it up here for episode number six from the Locust Street Studio for the Hudson Havoc Podcast. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram and all information for tickets and schedules and every all the information you could possibly need on HudsonHavoc.com. Thank you to Brett Wall. Thank you to our in-studio guests and the call-in guests and everybody tuning in to the Hudson Havoc Podcast. Until we meet again next week, this is John Wecken signing off.